dun, 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 dun. Yeah, we could have talked about Baldur's Gate or something like that, but it's like, why would you start with a tangent, you know? This is Kings and Conquerors, an Age of Empires 2 podcast by Chris Mom and Panabeusje. Welcome, listeners, to the Kings and Conquerors Age of Empires 2 podcast, a podcast where you are the kings and queens and we conquer different topics. I am Pennenbersche. And I'm Cursed. So this is our ninth episode of our um, series, let's say, of our official podcast. We've always um, followed the same structure. There are three main segments. The first segment is the notable news. The main segment is the second segment, which is the talk of the show. And to finish our episode, we end with the civilization of the month as the final uh, segment. Now, based on your feedback, we are trying to make things a bit shorter. So um, maybe we'll cut back a bit with the news or at least the, um, the how do you call it? tournaments and competitive yeah. scene a bit because the interest there is not as high with our audience and it's just it, it it all adds up to the time of our podcast right yes and we might play the entire podcast at 1.5 speed so if yeah. you hear this in a very you know high-pitched uh, quick <laughs> uh, talking voices that's normal that's going to be yeah. the, the new way we do it yeah our goal is to uh, make it like half as long. I don't know if we will succeed, but uh, we'll try and make it a bit shorter this time around. Yeah, and please give us your feedback if you like uh, if you like it shorter or if you prefer how it was. Yeah. We or you say you it know, needs to be twice as long. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we would fill it without problem, but <laughs> it's sometimes more of a challenge to keep it brief than to keep it uh, long. You know? Yeah, it happens faster than you would think. All right. Okay. Um, so that's for the introduction, right? Um, yeah, that's or do about we need it. To note okay, then we'll switch to the notable news. Here we go. Notable news. Okay, welcome back, dear listener, to the first segment of this show. We're going to be discussing the uh, latest news that happened in the month of August in the community. Um, we're going to discuss a little bit less about the tournaments. There has been the Best of 21 uh, Herald organized tournament uh, that's been going on. But both me and Penn, we've not really kept up too much with it. Um, so, I mean, maybe very quickly, did you see any of it, uh, Penn? Or? No. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> not at all. I watched a bit of it, but it's, it is a lot. Because it's, yeah. I mean, I, it's not like I, it's a difficult thing to be spoiled or something, but yeah, yeah finding the time to watch a full best of 21 that regularly yeah. is very difficult at the moment. Yeah. For me, that's the reason why, like, if I would join in, I would want to see the series or at least mm -hmm. the set. Mm -hmm. And then I felt like, okay, I'll just see you, whatever happened i've seen the results uh that but was it yeah. you know what it is it's like if you see a normal tournament 
and you have like four sets let's say that were played mm -hmm. to different uh, opponents it's fine to be like i'm just gonna check out the whatever hero mm. versus uh mbl set because it's like a best of three maybe and it's like you know what i mean like an hour and yeah. a half you have the time for that and you don't really watch the other ones but it's you know whatever you can keep track more or less and mm -hmm. this is just a lot of investment no yeah um for me personally best of 21 doesn't really appeal to me and mm. also it's it's um yeah i don't know why it's maybe the moment in time in which the tournament happened uh yeah for me personally that was also not convenient so well no. no no me the same but something else that kind of links to it mm -hmm. so we've also not really been playing a lot of ranked 1v1 mm -hmm. uh, recently and Viper made a YouTube video where he kind of discusses his opinion on the map pool yeah um, basically he, he says that there's very little diversity in the type of maps or at least the strategies that are played on those maps there's mm -hmm. always the same uh, maps that are in rotation and that he would love a bit more uh, variety um, mm -hmm. So I wanted to ask you, how would you feel if there were like some crazy maps like a cross or, um, um, no, I mean cup or like yeah. uh, the one from uh, with the bull? What was it? Anyway, some crazy yeah, maps. Those in crazy maps. Pool. Well, I like think it, I think they're fine. It's always, but in the rag pool, I think there's just a lot of balanced and fun strategic maps in the tournaments that aren't really in the base game and i think the bull mm. or or like those are more crazy maps but just a simple map like um uh what's it the clearing uh the it's not arena trillum clearing fortified uh, clearing is that the one oh, yeah, yeah where you have that like arena and that i think no oh no the one where you have like an opening in the middle and there's like walls to the back and you're you know the yeah, arena yeah, yeah. variant the opposite uh, yeah. yeah the more interesting and one, then yeah. there was a hideout variant in the 90s one where you have like hideout but in the middle you're connected and on the sides there's hunt like there's so many cool maps in tournaments which we see the professional players play and that feel very balanced but to me they've i wouldn't I haven't played, you know, Arena. We've all mm. played it so many times. Mm. We've played those other maps so many times. I feel like the bull might be fun for for one, but this is just just on average, the most um, balanced maps and the maps that tournaments use. There's a reason why they do it. It adds variety. They're quite balanced, quite good, and also like the maps which are usually picked, like um, Arabia Arena. There's there's definitely a lot of strategic elements to it but because we play them all the time it's not as uh, fresh or it doesn't feel as strategic mm. more exec uh, it feels execution like a game of execution based. yeah well if you have a brand new map um i feel like it it's it's far more um provoking Motivating, stimulating yeah, yeah stimulating mm for the player base and they've done it in the past um with the red bull tournament when they added in the empire wars mm -hmm. uh game mode they from that red bull edition they just transferred all the competitive maps for from the tournament to the game and they were also not in before yeah. um so it's yes. there's precedent yeah but so what happened is that forgotten empires the studio that's uh behind the development of Age Vampires 2, and which is actually a studio uh, 
well, they've been hired by Microsoft, but actually they were just people from the community that were in their spare time making patches unofficially for the game. So they're just, yeah, it's what they did before <laughs> Microsoft re, um, restarted this entire project. Um, they said to Viper, well, you can choose the options for the next map pool. Uh, and he had a conversation with them, but apparently it's not that easy to just implement the tournament maps. They didn't say mm. no outright to him, but they also didn't say yes. So the map pool that was voted for uh, this weekend of recording, which is the first weekend of September, is a map pool that Viper put together, but it's still the same in-game maps. And then if you look for the balanced maps, I feel like it's, again, quite vanilla, the same options we mm. get. But that's just because our the base game if you look for balanced maps, a lot of the maps in the base game, uh, you can scratch them, you know? <laughs> they're, mm. they're not as balanced then, or as... Uh, yeah, but then they need to update that, no? Yeah, yeah. That's they also... A, yeah. Uh, just fix it, no? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, this is going to be our main topic as well. Um, <laughs> basically, if we were the developers, what would we do? Yeah. So if we, we can maybe get into it Might a bit one. more there. Um, but, I mean, yeah. I would just want them to change that so it's, it's mm -hmm. possible, no? Yeah, the majority of the player base is playing single player, but for the multiplayer player base, um, I feel like we've had a lot of new sifts, we've had a lot of nice DLC, um, more maps for me personally would add a lot of uh, flavor to the game and for mm -hmm. the longevity of, of this experience for all the all the players, I feel like it could add a lot. I don't know if that opinion is shared by the entire community because it's always the same maps that get picked. So, uh, yeah, maybe I'm one of the few. But still, I feel like if those maps exist, it's just a shame that, yeah, there's no way to play them except for in a lobby. Mm -hmm. Well, it, it all depends on the size of the audience, of course. If, if the ranked queues are small, then, you know, the mm -hmm. people that are used to it will choose the maps they know. Yeah. So one of the ways you can fix that is by increasing the amount of players. Mm -hmm. So that leads us into the, the other news, which is that Age of Empires 3 Definitive mm -hmm. Edition has become free to play. Um, wow. So that means that anybody can just get it and play it, mm -hmm. except that not all the sieves are unlocked. So they're mm -hmm. going to work with a, a, a rotation system uh, where you have different sieves available. And mm -hmm. I also think you cannot join the ranked queue, if I'm not oh. mistaken. Okay. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe you can play it with just those sieves or not at all. I'm not exactly sure on it, but anyway. Mm -hmm. Now we will discuss more about uh, possibly implementing this in AOE two. Yeah. In the that's main an topic. idea for the main topic. Yeah. Yeah, but just to let everybody know, if they ever want to try it on Bar Street, it's now available for free. Yes. So, I don't know, you probably recommend our listeners to try it out, no? Um, yeah, especially if you've played it before. I feel like Age of Empires 3 has the best campaign from the mm -hmm. original games, or at least the most, like, it's the latest installment, um, just chrono uh, yeah, chronologically. Yeah. So, it was mm -hmm. after Age of Mythology, and then their campaigns were a lot more uh, story-driven uh, mm -hmm. with cinematics and cutscenes. And I remember as, as a child those campaigns really really appeal to me mm. as looking at it more from a competitive side or or um just looking for a challenge 
yeah, it's a new game. You will need to learn everything again. I think it's fun with the shipments they have in Age of Empires 3. So it's mm -hmm. a fun new experience. But for me, the main game is and will always be Age of Empires 2, I feel, uh, RTS-wise. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so... <laughs> Um, yeah, I might check it out, but yeah, uh, we but have come back. Plenty of Whatever things you to do, play. yeah, indeed. <laughs> Don't leave. We need you. Check it out. Come <laughs> back. That's exactly. <laughs> uh, talking about uh, not leaving. <laughs> yeah. So Hera made um, a long video, kind of yeah. talking about his entire journey as a professional Age of Empire two player, mm -hmm. and one of the things that kind of was noted within the video is that he discusses a, a deal that Facebook offered him, a similar deal yeah. that probably was offered to Viper and yeah. um, T90. Uh, we don't know exactly how likely, how similar they were, but anyway. And apparently mm. the deal was for uh, $1.4 million. Yeah. So he was offered that much money to, I don't know, stream for, I think, three years? Two years, oh, I feel. That's two a contract years? 90 and Viper yeah. have. Two years, well, they have to stream exclusively on Facebook. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he said that, well, just to summarize, uh, he said that, um, well, after taxes, the deal isn't enough money, you know, for the rest of his life. Mm -hmm. And he was concerned he would lose his entire viewership by mm -hmm. switching. So, yeah. He's kind of the king on Twitch at the moment for the Age of Empires mm -hmm. 2 like yeah. stream. And I think he, he prefers that. So what do you, how do you feel about him turning it down and others accepting it? Like, uh, it's, do you have an opinion? First of all, it's a massive amount of money. I can mm. understand Harris' thought process where he thinks like, if I lose my viewers, what am I doing? I'm spending two years streaming for a small audience. Um, if he if for him he feels like he might lose the engagement from his audience like mm. then it's just a job well it's a well-paying job but then again you're self-employed as a streamer so mm -hmm. all these things come before taxes if you have to i don't know what the system is in canada or he was in canada um but like in in europe or at least in belgium i really if you have like when you're working you have your health insurance you have all these kind of different things if you're self-employed you need to pay for all these for things that. yourself yeah. so actually like it's still a lot of money don't get me wrong um but if he fears he's going to lose his main thing then i understand why you wouldn't do it then on the other side i completely understand why as if you have your own business it's also a good opportunity and it, you you do jump on it and i mean like the viper has done it the 90 has done it. we don't know exactly what their numbers were but yeah based on two years ago what their viewer number viewership was and what mm -hmm. uh, compared to hair right will be at least similar maybe i think they um, had more i'm not sure but yeah it's not but the, anyway they they were higher before so mm -hmm. if facebook offered them at least the same amount i would say if mm -hmm. not more but then both of them what they've done is they have done so they still have viewers but it's it's way smaller um, then again, I feel like if you're that big, maybe that's easier to communicate. Like if, if chat is too active, I think as a, as a streamer, it's, it's almost impossible to communicate with your audience, but they're also very big on YouTube. And both of them, uh, over the past two years have hired like a full-time, uh, editor guy who mm. works for them. Viper has like this guy who is, um, also recording. So 
that the channel they have, which is their brand, their business, also employs other people, which also costs money, which is also deducted from the money they get. But that's a way for them to have more time to themselves, to their families, to like it's also very much justifiable. You know what I mean? But yeah, but I guess the the YouTube money is something separate, right? Yeah, yeah. If they but, just get money for live streams. You know? But I mean, with the money they get from Facebook, if that's being used to hire someone mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. take away a lot of the workload for yeah, the for YouTube sure. channel, you have more time for your family, for your friends, for your personal life, which I would also understand um, as a decision. Like, I think everyone is basically trying to figure out how they can balance this because I feel like you could spend 24-7 on having your own channel and it's also very hard for streamers not to get burned out probably mm -hmm. but so yeah that's why i think, I think Hera does a good job with it because mm -hmm. he yeah he he varies very he varies um his content a bit and mm -hmm. he's really engaged with his chat so yeah. you know i think that's a he's really motivated mm -hmm. to keep going you know yeah And Harold is also quite free, so he didn't accept the Facebook money, but he also, like for a while, he said, I'm going to go to Age of Empires 4, then he went mm -hmm. back to 2, then he went to League of Legends. He's mm -hmm. he's really looking for whatever gives him the energy. He's a very much um, energy-driven person, I feel. Like, he mm -hmm. wants to see what, what rewards him the most uh, while doing it and, and trying to do something he really, really loves, which I can only respect, you know. Um, but I just wanted to say, like, it's not like the others are, in my opinion, selling out. It's also no, no. just a business decision, and they also have their reasons to do it. And I feel like it's and, not that yeah. this money is just in their bank account. It's being used for their channel, for their mm -hmm. company, which they have. For their life enjoyment. You know? yeah. But it's that. Eh? You never know where the game will be in mm -hmm. a couple of years. I think True. after the the pandemic uh, kind yeah. of spike and the, the whole... Age of Empires 4, mm -hmm. let's say, um, well, launch, let's say. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's kind of insecure now, you know, if we're ever going to mm -hmm. get back to those days or, yeah, it's not sure. Yeah, probably, I feel like Age of Empires 2 is still very, very much alive now. Um, mm -hmm. The pandemic maybe was, was really a, a high just because of the fact that it was a pandemic and also mm -hmm. short after the DE release. But I feel like a lot of people that came to the game then, with, including myself, are still like... Around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like if you come back to Age of Empires um, in your adult life, uh, it's for it life. It stays with you. Yeah, yeah. With you. <laughs> you don't quit, you just take yeah. breaks. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Okay, well, I think that's kind of the, the news we wanted to discuss. Yeah, yeah. Um, and... As, as we said, we're going to keep it shorter. But we do have some things to talk about in the not-so-notable news category. True, true. So this is where we talk about the uh, community news, like the things we've been doing with our yeah. little Discord server. From our um, community, yeah. Yeah, basically. And what we did is we organized our first community games. Yes, and, our first and successful time, one. Yeah, <laughs> this time people showed up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, uh, so, yeah, we just launched a, a call on the Discord and people yeah, decided to join up. We kind of impromptu uh, came up with some maps and, and formats. Mm -hmm. I think they were really fun. Um, 
maybe we can quickly g- discuss with the three different games we played. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we started with... First, uh, Pilgrims. Sorry? Yes, Pilgrims. Yeah. Yeah. The classic Pilgrims, Regicide, um, mm-hmm. as I've seen many times before on the olden days in the D90 vids, I really wanted to try it. Mm-hmm. We had a weird weird map, though, because the main continent was so overgrown with forests. Yeah. There was very little space. A weird generation. <laughs> but I think you, what you did, we should mention, though. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> the first game. Yeah. 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 Um, so the first game, I, I dropped to the main island, but I have never played Pil- Pilgrims. I've seen it a bit. And, of course, like, first community game, a bit stressed. And then I see I've spawned right next to you and I get anxiety. So I think, okay, he's going to kill me. And somewhere in my mind, it pops that the only way that I can kill you or or survive is to attack you straight away. But then Mm -hmm. the best way to do that, in my opinion, in Dark Age, I say, okay, I'll surprise him with a douche. You are in a corner. So, and maybe I can get his king. Maybe I can kill some, like really surprise him and do some damage. So I deleted my TC. Uh, I went with my Vils to build a TC and then I realized that in Pilgrims it's a Nomad star, so you build your TC but you only have enough stone for one TC. So I didn't <laughs> have the stone to, dro- to really douche you. So basically after that point you were quite um, forgiving to me. Um, yeah, so I, well, you allowed me king. to... Yeah. True, I true, let, true, true. Yeah. You, 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 I ransomed your king, no? I took him as true. a hostage. Yeah. That also happened. But I, I was still in the game a bit afterwards, but basically in the first minutes of the game, I had already um, kind of messed it up for myself, you know? Hey, you inconvenienced me as well. Yeah, true, slightly, because I slightly. eventually douched you anyway. I mined some stone and then I did it anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's too difficult. And then I that. lost my TC and I needed to build a third one. <laughs> in that same game, you tried to castle drop me, but I had like strategic houses everywhere yeah, to block true. you. And my vills were just like walking, walking, walking and then they stopped and they were, yeah, being well, massacred. After, <laughs> after all of that, in the end, I managed to snag the victory mainly mm-hmm. because someone was moving his king from uh, one of the islands to the mainland and <laughs> kind of forgot about him. So I got really lucky. Um, but yeah, it was really fun. We had one person dropping archers and fuel age on all of the starting, the starting islands, isles, yeah. murdering <laughs> so many was villagers. That, was that John? Yeah, Shermac. It was Shermac. Shermac, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, <sighs> it was really fun, though. A good start. Yeah. Um, yeah. And quick. Yeah, quick game. Very quick game, that one. <laughs> so we immediately started our second game. Uh, I remember we ended with Nomad, I feel, but... It was, was Socotra. Socotra, yeah. Socotra and it sudden was death. Sudden death, right. So <laughs> if you lost your TC, you were dead. Yes. Um, that game went bad for me as well. Uh, <laughs> Again, we were neighbors. Again. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, was it Shermak who won that one? Or was it... Yes, it was Shermak. Yeah, yeah. He went... Uh, well, again, you tried to archer rush me. Yeah. I managed to kind of survive with mangonels and then yeah. castle drop you. Yeah. But it left both of us so weak yeah. that when I got attacked <laughs> by, a f- I don't know how many uh, longbows, uh, that player was uh, backstabbed by Shermac with a bunch yeah. of Woad Raiders. Yeah, the Woad, <laughs> that was sick. Like, Castle Age Woad Raiders because it's sudden death and suddenly they just walk in and they... <laughs> Smack like, your TC. In a few hits, your TC is gone. It's yep. massive. 
but I feel like that's what I've learned from these uh, games. If we're in the same game, um, I need to mind myself not to chop off my own arms to throw them in your general direction and hope <laughs> they hit you. Um, Look, uh, if we ever get more people so that like yeah. we're over the limit, yeah. I will sit it out and I will oh, cost... Oh, me too, me too. You know, it's like far that. less stressful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that, we will we will avoid this drama between the yeah. two co-hosts, which threatens the longevity of this project. True. Uh, <laughs> no, but yeah, that's our goal. So yeah. I don't know why we we had a very quick games. We were maybe one hour in, mm-hmm. and then we decided as a final game to play Nomad, mm-hmm. and because someone had a problem with their electricity. Yeah. We replaced him with a 1900 Edo player, <laughs> Sham God. Yeah. Uh, Who joined our and, community since. Yeah, Discord indeed. Yeah. Welcome. And we it kind of was a 5v1 for a good portion of the game. Uh, we all bandied against him. Yeah. And we managed to kind of contain, at least delay our destruction. Yeah. But then the cracks started forming in the alliance... People started backstabbing each other. I don't know between you and uh, and Monet, who attacked who first, but um, things went sour there. Uh, it uh, was a dispute over a wood line we had. Uh, Both oh, of Shermack. us thought it was our yeah. wood line. So, oh. yeah. Shermack also backstabbed me. Like <laughs> the alliance crumbled, and uh, yeah. yeah, the nineteen hundred player took advantage. But we had a two-hour-long, yeah, <laughs> uh, I say grind of a game. Two and a half. I have the oh. the screenshot open here, uh, and I remember like at the start we were building up, and I was like, "It's the our um, top player is like awfully quiet and awfully mm. no one was being attacked," and then suddenly he attacked everyone at the same time. Everybody it was massive. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, but it's really fun. Although. I, I prefer the shorter games. <laughs> it was fun anyway to try. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was our first uh, three uh, community games. Yeah. And I think people really enjoy them. So we're probably going to organize them more regularly now. Yeah, I see that there's already someone who else to do it tomorrow mm. um, in our chat. So it's, uh, it's alive. So we'll see if it happens uh, and when it happens again. Yeah. But everybody is definitely welcome if they want to join in some of the fun. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter how good your elo is, or you know what I mean. We also have pen playing, so yeah, everybody's welcome. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think uh, with this kind compliment uh, from you, uh, we'll end this. Uh, uh, what do you say? News. Uh, news segment and we'll go to our talk of the show yes let's hit it talk of the show welcome back dear listener to the talk of the show and we've got a very special episode for you we're going to be going over your uh, questions i mean we asked you something and you guys responded we're going to go over what you would change to the game if you were one of the developers working on it 
and because me and Penn both are not uh, game developers, we found someone who is, and he is our first guest ever on the show. So welcome, uh, welcome. Can you please uh, introduce yourself, uh, Judah? I'll call you like that, or yeah, Judah is fine, or Judah. Um, hello, damn, first guest ever. That's uh, I, 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 I didn't know. Big pressure on my shoulders. Yeah. You should feel honored. <laughs> yes, that's that's the one. Honored. That's that's what I'm feeling right now. No, I, <laughs> I'm good. Um, yeah. Hello. Um, nice to meet you. the community. I guess I don't know if you have a name for it. Age of oh, Empires. Yeah, Kings and Conquerors. You can say that's the name of the Conquerors. podcast, and then yeah. Yes, oh, the conquerors. That's cool. That's, that's cool. cool. Yeah, conquerors. Yeah. Oh, hello, so conquerors. How long have you been uh, in game design? Um, I think well, starting uh, professionally, uh, eight years now. So, uh, okay. starting off in 2015 and getting older by the day. It seems. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, interesting thing is that yeah, we have gotten some responses, but we ourselves have no clue sometimes about the difficulties uh, uh, that are, yeah, the difficulties you can encounter when you're designing yeah. a game. So that's yeah. why I think it's important to sometimes ask you about uh, some of the things that they wanted to know. Sure. Um, but before we get into it for real, I did want to point out one key thing. Why do you dislike Age of Empires so much? <laughs> uh damn starting off strong um yeah for sure no uh, yeah you know i dislike it um do i i don't know just for context the conquerors don't <laughs> <laughs> he is a gifted uh civ player you know yes uh, i so... do love strategy games um yeah um mm. yeah uh, well basically for me playing age of empires um it failed to create the fantasy that it set out to be, you know, it's mm. the game. It it sells itself as this. Um, you build an empire through the ages, I guess, right? Age of empire, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, which then uses, you know, RTS mechanics to induce that fantasy of sending armies to fight other empires and wage warfare, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, and that fantasy, basically, I guess, that I have never obtained when playing the game and mm. it's because by nature rts games are set up to be highly strategic uh, i haven't yet encountered one that isn't i guess mm -hmm. uh which is awesome don't get me wrong i love strategic games i love civilization mm. i love uh strategy uh, in general but uh playing strategy does direct the player to um play in an optimal manner mm. and quickly mm -hmm. on playing and I just dipped my toes really into playing mm -hmm. Age of Empires competitively, and I quite quickly noticed that the actual optimal way to play strategically does not, not in the slightest mm -hmm. for me at least, fulfill that fantasy of building an empire and you know sending your armies to fight yeah. each other. Instead, you you know you start dropping these <laughs> barracks or castles in the middle of the map, creating some you know uh, Jackson Pollock painting in the mini map. <laughs> And, you know, start mass producing units like a factory mm -hmm. uh, only to be slaughtered like instantly. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So it's it's yeah, really it, interesting. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. It's about the immersion then for you that you want to have like yeah. a historic immersion, uh, the story behind it and immerse yourself in, in the civilization you're, you're developing. I, 
yeah, I always strive to build, like, you know, I, I want to build this empire and, and I mm -hmm. feel um, instead of doing that, I'm, 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 I'm placing constructions down in the middle of the marshlands or, or, or desert mm -hmm. and going like, hey, you know, create some factory units, some robots and, and immediately rush to the opponents and <laughs> stuff like that. It just really breaks yeah. the whole, that's yeah. it. For me, it breaks that immersion. Yeah. But just for reference, you one so the co-host you're talking to, Pen, he's the one who loved building his villages like as beautiful as possible, no? In the old times. Oh yeah, like, cool. for sure. Making everything look nice and perfect yeah, nice. and, and uh, peaceful. The women were working on the farms and the berries, and the men were working in the forest and in the mines. Uh, <laughs> that wow. much gender roles and everything in the yeah yeah yeah. But it was yes. it was a while back, you know. It was uh, still. <laughs> My, I wasn't uh, awakened yet uh, at that oh, time. Oh, I see. I see. I see. <laughs> no, but I, yeah, it's interesting because sometimes we ourselves are annoyed with the, how you say it, execution. Like it's more yeah. about the execution than about the strategy, no? And it's something that, yeah, sometimes yeah. we also lament a bit, no? Yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, yeah. As a historic game, like, I kind of get it. Um, like, if you've played this for a while, there's a few things in this game which are just natural. Like, people, like, at a higher level, they quick wall, which means they wall in their villagers really fast. The moment they start a construction, there's actually a blocking tile, let's say, or building yeah. something on a board to de-aggro it because the building is being constructed, like those things. On a competitive level, it's filled with all of these things, using the mechanics of the game to get little advantages. But that's what the competitive play is. That's not at all a historic immersive game. <laughs> so I I kind of get what you're. But yeah, but I feel yeah yeah yeah. But in in that aspect too, I don't mind creatively mm -hmm. breaking the game, like dropping <laughs> down a building on a board. It's it sounds yeah. pretty fun. It it's mainly the the highest percentage of the game you are not mm -hmm. building an empire uh, for me at least, and that's yeah. what that's what's bothers me. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Well. It's interesting to hear your like well-voiced opinion once because I just <laughs> vaguely knew that you were always like, oh, you're playing each vampire's back, you know? But I never knew why. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, going into game design on a whim uh, when when uh, speaking disgust about uh, things isn't, isn't <laughs> perhaps the, the best uh, moment to do so, you know, just having uh, strong opinions occasionally, I guess. That's nice. We welcomed yeah. it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But it's, I guess, it's. I, I always compare it, I guess, to other games in its time, like Warcraft Three, and mm -hmm. they yeah. did have game design, perhaps for that reason. I don't know. I, I wasn't in, uh, any anywhere near the design process, so I don't know. But perhaps mm -hmm. for that reason, they uh, like the Scourge can only build on necrotic areas, so you mm -hmm. you can't do those tactics like in Age of Empires. And for me, mm -hmm. that's like uh, that really. That hit the nail you know, uh, on design for me for, for Warcraft. But yeah, for Warcraft specifically, it's also they're so different, the different factions, like yeah. how they work. Uh, and I think Age of Empires is more like the chess. Like chess yeah. is also yes. a, a abstract version of a battle. Uh, it's a bit like that, you know, the pieces are quite standardized with small variations and it's more about, yeah, skill, let's say, and choices than about indeed uh, and using thing. small um, buffs or like the small variations reading into it and, and using it to its full potential but it's never like complete opposites um, it's yeah. far more and I think for a competitive scene that's actually quite good um, yeah. and the game is still alive after over 20 years so that's also pretty good 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's been but, long, twenty years. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But wait, let's get let's get back yeah. to it. So we're here to discuss what we would like to change. Okay, <laughs> so yeah. uh, maybe yeah. we can make it more to the immersive experience that you're looking. Okay, uh, <laughs> not <laughs> doubtful. Yeah, doubtful. We're not going that far. So okay, let me launch in the first question. So I'm going to launch my uh, request, which is something we've heard a lot in the community overall, um, and that is the the pathing. So pathing is something that Age of Empires has been has struggled with for a long time, and every patch that comes out, people complain because pathing is broken again, or like mm-hmm. your units don't behave like they should which is very frustrating because it's all about those small advantages. And if your units, they path completely the opposite way because of some stupid barrier here or something, uh, yeah, then it can really mess up your game. So actually developers themselves posted about pathing uh, in the last patch saying that um, they're treading carefully to fix it in the right way because uh, it can have knock-on effects uh, so it's an old game, a legacy game. So we can imagine it's probably some spaghetti code. Um, but we wanted to get the insight of, of a game designer itself that has programmed the game with pathing in it. Oh, I haven't prog- programmed it myself, but no, I have. No, sorry, yeah. but you, you've been around. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, correctly. Yeah. So yeah, um, what is the thing? Why can't they just implement some way to fix it? Like, what's the big deal? But it can. It's just a, a matter of... Um, um as 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 my colleague and lead programmer would say everything's possible uh it just depends on how much time it's going to take and mm. for people that are this much into a game like age of empires you said it yourself uh, i think uh, 2 minutes ago that small frustrations and pathfinding can can easily you know frustrate the entire experience uh, mm-hmm. ruin it a bit and changing things to such a core mechanic just the base level of it uh, will you know induce new frustrations for instance like you have a frustration with perhaps a wall i don't know what it was exactly that they 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 don't path against correctly um if they change it up and you know they change their way of how the pathfinding is written how uh, how the units behave uh, whether it's on grids or or mm-hmm. line of sight or whatever uh, if they change it up new frustrations will arise so in essence you know they're, they're i guess they're trying to find the the golden goose it's not achievable it's like to get everybody happy basically is what you're saying well yeah i feel like yeah. the downside is also that they're still patching and updating this game not just for um, game mechanics or balance improvements but also like adding new civilizations units mechanics sometimes uh once in a while since they've released the e and we've noticed like the puffing was at some points the puffing was quite good and then like a new unit gets introduced or something changes and the buffing is suddenly back to a horrible state and it takes like several patches for it to feel slightly better and then it's like what ha- what happened that the buffing like it was on a- at a good point but then sometimes like a new unit or whatever they introduced interacts with it in a way that everything is like back to and i don't understand really but uh, probably it has to do with like using old codes i'm not sure it's it's more of a you know building up a game in in itself is there's just systems that are intertwined and work together uh, and introducing a change to that will often cascade into the other systems that's that's a given whether you like it or not 
um, and introducing a new unit, uh, perhaps this unit needed um, a new code to work properly. I don't know if it was a vehicle of sorts or stuff like that, where uh, a change to the pathfinding is needed to actually make the design work, you know, to, to make it a functional unit. Mm -hmm. They can't go back and say like, okay, uh, this, you know, the pathfinding is broken because of the new units. Uh, let's make it as it was is not an option anymore. They have to mm -hmm. try to imitate what it was by improving the code with the new unit mm -hmm. in there. Okay, so it's it's more of a wait that's super interesting so it's because yeah. as a novice you think it's like control z yeah like just undo the thing you did and just you know it's like very clear but what you're saying is it's mm -hmm. more like you break it and then you find ways to massage it uh, somehow to get it back to being a, a mimic of what it used to be yes, but you're actually yeah, always yeah. trying to recreate it it's you not know? really the same yeah Oh, that's really you can you 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 can control Z it just you know but you'll also control Z the unit so yeah yeah of course, of course. Uh, yeah it's uh, no, no no but yeah oh that's yeah. interesting never knew that like I thought about so, it like that in a way then uh, as long as they will keep adding new features to this game we will keep having issues <laughs> like is that like the downside of it but <laughs> in a way like games use uh, games nowadays are set up sometimes well sometimes not all of them that's for sure it's, it's hard to have a, a tight deadline and set it up correctly but games nowadays do have more like rigid structures that think of it think of things beforehand which you know has systems that that work on their own or their standalone systems that nothing else influences them so they won't change mm -hmm. older games usually are builds more intertwined well some aren't i mean it's a big statement to say all of them but um in that regard for probably for a game like age of empires whenever something new is introduced so the game changes you can't expect bugs that's that's the given mm -hmm. you know and that's for most games out there uh probably 99 percent. you know if you introduce new things that's mm -hmm. not just skins or content and even skins you know skins can 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 fuck up the game but um in a minor extent uh, you can expect, you know, like expect the game to change um, in that aspect too, and they'll just have to, you know, fix the bugs. Then, yeah. <laughs> well, the the coding probably happened in '97 or something like that. So, we can yeah. imagine it's probably a deep game uh, not is based on. So, yeah, yeah, they started working on it before, <laughs> and it's probably not uh, up to current standards <laughs> but did they is it like a remake or an hd version or is it, is it still that code from because I, I i don't have any insight in whether they it's a good question restructured i thought it was still the same because um that code was used for like um what um is it relic the no it's um uh forgotten empires they added like unofficial dlc or updates to the game after uh, Microsoft stopped um, hmm. supporting, like, the... supporting the game, mm -hmm. and they were actually then later contracted by Microsoft for the definitive edition. And then at that time, there was like the original game, like all the updates made. Um, the game was not at all um, recognizable from the 99 oh, uh, okay. game. Um, but I think they just yeah, had I to rework everything they had but they couldn't build it from, from like, that would have been a massive project. That's yeah, like already sure 10 to 15 years of consistently working on, like, to completely make it from scratch again. I don't think that um, would have been... Well, there is a case to be made, however weird this sounds, mm -hmm. but if you know what you're making, it's going to be way faster to make it. Because you have the example, right? Mm -hmm. It's 
you're not creating yeah. a new recipe that you're cooking. You know, the, the the guy that invented a hamburger will make his second hamburger <laughs> much faster than the first one. You know, mm -hmm. he'll he'll have sure. gone through countless iterations that were hot dogs first, but you know, when he got that pickle and ketchup on a hamburger, and you finally got that perfect one. The second one is just you know you you know what you're making. I mean, it's it's a it's a simple comparison, but it's it's much faster. That said, yeah, it's a lot of work. It's still a lot of work. It's like when you lose your save file in Baldur's Gate. When you do that uh, hour you lost again, it goes so much faster yeah. all the exploration. All I guess, yeah, that's, uh, I guess that's true, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, let's move on. Um, Pen, I think you also had a, a question or two? Yeah, um, the first one I think is rather small, but um, this game is like uh, t over 20 years old, and the maximum amount of players was set at 8 at release. Um, at that time, I think the like you had a pop limit for the units you could make i think it was in my memory 75 but it might mm -hmm. even be, have been less i think it was 75 um, yeah now in de the um, standard pop limit is 200 but you could even go to 500 pop limit um so computers can actually run this game with a lot more going on also the maps can be like ludicrous sizes but still we have like an eight player maximum is it an easy thing if they would make the decision to have the option to play with more players? Like in theory, if you can play with 500 pop with eight players, you could play 200 pop with up to 16 players. Well, yeah. You mean like right? online, eight players online, connecting? Yeah. Uh, there is a high, yeah. there, there is a big difference between playing with eight players online and 16 players and the same units. The, the Having mm -hmm. players connect and, and, and and work in a multiplayer environment is not the same as having you know units in the memory for everyone. Um, no, yeah, that's it's a, it's if the question is is it harder? It's definitely harder. It's not the same one bit. Is it possible? Mm -hmm. I have no insight in that network code one <laughs> at all, so I wouldn't know. Uh, I don't think they're um, going to do it just in in an aspect that. Are there many people asking for a 16-player version? Because if the the amount of requests is too low, it is definitely not worth the time to put it in. I mean, it's just a hard, um, yeah, how do you say that? Yeah, a mm. hard harsh reality to face that. Yeah. If there's not enough 16 friends, people, groups out there that are gonna play the game or people yeah. interested in playing 16-player online, the chance that they'll do it is uh, almost zero. Mm. Yeah. Uh, that's probably it. The majority plays offline of uh, Age of Empires 2 players. And then mm. there's like a competitive 1v1 scene that's really, really active. And then a lot of intermediate online players, I think, would like it, including myself and a lot of people in this podcast. But I think the the that might not be a large enough target group to justify the... Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately, it will be fun is not a factor for <laughs> for some decision making, because <laughs> if it costs a lot of money and then you know work yeah. and man hours but, to do it, it's. But you don't understand. We're almost at fifty different civilizations, so we can never do yeah. a full battle royale. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, twenty-five people online, all civilizations. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had a secondary question for you as well. Um, 
well, the game menu um, introduced in the Definitive Edition is, uh, I don't know, have you played the Definitive Edition yourself um, online or was it before you've played HP? Uh, you don't need to answer this question as your lawyer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I played the Definitive Edition. I, I played Age of Empires 2 in 2000. 18 a couple of times because we had a oh we had uh, a, an, a, an, an an intern in the company who really really yeah. loved age of vampires 2 and wanted to play well, it often the e is from 2019 so i think oh. it's uh it will have been the previous version then but um well the thing is you have like a, a a menu system where you can go to a ranked mode to a lobby mode to a, a spectating mode um okay. Like, you know, it's all different tabs and then you have to select a lobby or whatever. Um, but it feels sometimes a bit sluggish compared to some newer games. Um, if you want to make a party, first you select your tab, then you need to invite a player either from Steam because in-game it's a bit buggy if you want to invite um, friends, if you even have them friended in-game. Hmm. Um, so... But it's always a hassle and then you have to find a lobby sometimes it only charges up to 100 lobbies uh like Ugh. it's it's just a hassle and i thought isn't it like quite logical if you would just be able to make a party in the game like um one step back and whatever tap you open in the multiplayer or even the single player if you want to play a skirmish match against the ai that you just have like you invite a friend and he's in your party and whatever happens on the game, if you're the host, they stay in your party. Do you know what I mean? It's like, um, yeah. now it's the other way around. You go to where you want to be and then you can start a party instead of just having a party that, that's like made in the game and also stays connected after the game ends. Wait, wait to give an example, because if me and, if me and Penn play together, ranked, for example, we end up again on mm, the main screen yeah. having to find each other again each time. There's no like system where you can be like staying together and playing ranked m repeatedly, for example. Um, well, um, um, how do I how do I analyze <laughs> this? Well, yeah. it's okay if you let can. Me, yeah. Let me preface that um, just network code and UI. Definitely UI. <laughs> Ask any game developer about UI, and they will say yeah. "fuck UI." Uh, it is the worst, <laughs> and I assume mm, if the game's made back then, I don't know, made in C++, I'm not sure. Just having the fact that they are making UI and that is also just hell. Um, that said, there's no way the developers or designers haven't thought about um, um, cleaning, making that experience more clean. Uh, mm -hmm. But they've probably, most likely, I don't know what they, they have, but probably most likely stumbled upon an issue that if they do it that way, there's stuff that might not work. Uh, usually when you have, I mean, that's just a common thing in, in, in game design. If you, if you, if you have a, an idea and you're like, oh, why haven't we done this before? This sounds amazing. And then you, you try it out and just the next day you come across the like, oh, okay, this is why we haven't done it before because it would be, you know, changed an integral part of the game, then we'd have months of work or something like that. So mm -hmm. they might have bumped into something or we're at the first iteration of their, their new network. I mean, it, it can be anything. Uh, I don't know the insights of, of uh, what they're doing, what their priority mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. But that said, 
if it works, it works. That is also something that they 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 are probably <laughs> holding in regard. If you're able to play online with your friends, even if it's a little hassle, if it's not enough hassle to quit the game, you know what I mean? Like the the frustration that sometimes build up, and you're like, fuck this. If it's not that and it works, yeah. you know they might just you know, and it's you know, <laughs> good is better than perfect, or good enough is better than perfect. Well, what the, what the <laughs> saying is in that regard. Yeah, well, if the players uh, keep playing it, yeah. then that's good enough, exactly. right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, well, I will come back to some of our personal questions later, but I think it's time to let our audience uh, participate. So I'm going to uh, read the first question from um, uh, someone called Money. So it's about the financial model of Age of Empires. Sure. So he asked, I will read it verbatim. Uh, what is your opinion about the current financial model in which you need to buy the main game and then uh, the developers bring out expansions to generate additional income? Uh, the qu can they keep this up in the long run? And doesn't the initial cost of acquiring the game prevent new players of giving the game a try? He, uh, in his opinion, an alternative model could be one where uh, you could play for free with a couple of free civilizations that rotate uh, and that way you could get more people to play a bit like how League of Legends and other free multiplayer games do it. Um, and before you answer it, interestingly enough, another game in the same franchise, Age of Empires 3, has literally this month announced that they are moving into this model. So they have a rotating couple of civilizations for free that you can play uh, and you can play the game for free. And you can purchase the full game if you want to have access to everything. So, um, yeah, what is your opinion, Yuda, about like the main game plus expansion uh, traditional model that Age of Empires uses? Um, well, um, I don't know. The name was Money, Money, or Money. I, I don't know. Money. Money. Uh, it's most likely right that it's a better, uh, like face value, right? It's a better financial model mm -hmm. uh, to gain uh, revenue from your game. Um, and the forces behind Age of Empires 2 probably know that and uh, as they haven't done it that means they have data that we don't and that data is most likely saying mm. there's not a big influx of new players uh, if their mm. biggest audience is players returning to the game or uh, players that are already playing for 20 years or you know players that already have it if that's the, the their biggest influx and revenue stream those are players that will buy expansions uh, slowly and also you know buy age of empires 2 going like oh nostalgia i want to buy the game and play it if they have data that suggests most people don't play the expansions and only buy the base game it would not be smart for them to mm. make the base mm. game free because that's their main revenue model right if it's mainly like the audience that says, I don't know, I'm 45 years old and back in the day I played a lot of Age of Empires 2 uh, 20 years ago, I want to buy it again and relive that experience. There, those people might not be people that buy expansions and you know the, the developers have that data uh, so they you know can do analysis of said data. Um, does it mm. Does it mean that's the case? I don't know. Uh, if they haven't switched uh, the model to it, it's probably something similar and that they, you know, their their analytics say no, the most revenue can be gained keeping the model that we have, uh, and perhaps uh, they're waiting for Age of Empires three to have new data. 
uh, I don't know if that's the same team, mm-hmm. but um, it's just not smart. Like if, you, if your financial model for Age of Empires 2 and Age of Empires 3 is the same, right? And then they're changing up Age of Empires 3 to be the model that, you, you know, that was described. It's not smart to do it with both games at the same time because if it flops, well, you just, mm-hmm. you know, fucked yeah. two games. I don't know. Uh, two I, I, I don't yeah, know if yeah. I can uh, mm. swear in the podcast, actually. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cursed will add a, add a, now on, an effect. Fucking can. That's your job now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, each time. So, oh my God. So probably <laughs> analyzing their player base for Age of Empires 3 being more new uh, and having more an influx of new players, they probably chose, okay, that's the Age of Empires. We want to try the new model with. Uh, and if they see that it works, you know, we're getting even more new players and even more new players are buying skins, I guess, uh, is or expansions. It's kind of the same, mm-hmm. I guess. If, if it's just civilizations uh, that change or, or I don't know if they have new, new models and stuff. I, I have no insight in Age of Empires 3. A new financial model. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. only cosmetic or not. So if it's cosmetic, I guess it's a skin. Um, if that financial model works out and does wonders for them in Age of Empires 3, they might as well do that for Age of Empires 2. Uh, if it doesn't, they mm-hmm. will not shoot their golden mm-hmm. goose. Uh, not a goose, golden donkey, I guess. We're, we're a lot yeah. of goldens. All yeah, golden. goose works. All right. yeah, I think works. it's golden goose. It's interesting, oh. yeah. It, it is a weird scenario though because uh, not many game franchises have like such a weird order where the first one is only popular in Vietnam, <laughs> the second one is the biggest, third one is kind of the lost child, and the new version, the fourth, is like kind of a, that, yeah. mm, how spicy do I want to be? <laughs> it's maybe yeah, underperforming. You, you can be you know, straight face value. Is it is it less successful than the others and it's you know less successful than the others? I don't think it's access. Yeah, it, I don't think it's mm. as successful as they hoped it would be, um, considering how alive Age of Empires Two still was. Um, but they, I don't think the game is completely dead. But it's just like a lot of players that went there didn't come from mm, Age of Empires true. as well. They came from other games, mm. StarCraft, uh, uh, Age of Mythology, a few, and then like yeah. But the Age of Empires Two scene. Um, most of them, after like a short oh. while, just came back to it. So Empires that actually too. confirms what yeah. his hypothesis of, of Judah. Like we're just a bunch of people stuck yeah. playing the same game <laughs> for the next ten yeah. <laughs> decades. Mm. You know? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess. <Yeah>. So. <laughs> Which is fine. I mean, look at. Uh, I think you mm. gave the example of chess uh, not too long ago. Uh, chess is ancient, and that game's still selling. Uh, there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with you know mm-hmm. knowing that what you have is good, and just expanding upon it. Uh, mm-hmm. mm. It's a good uh, layup in the next question. Uh, so Shermac, mm-hmm. another uh, a community member, uh, added to the previous question, and he proposed um, indeed if the large percentage of the player base uh, only plays single player, then making extra campaigns would be an easy way to uh, make additional content that they could sell for a couple of bucks. Um, And also a second point is regional skins. So nowadays when they make a new expansion, they often focus on a new area of the world um, uh, of certain history, which uh, has new civilizations with their own, you know, kind of uh, look to it. They do have skins, but it's incorporated within 
a new maybe new units new strategy new whatever a full new civilization you know so they already have some amount of regional skins but not to the level of like each civilization has multiple skins you know what i mean like yeah. you can't like there's yeah, they're not customizable and like three civs have the same or skins more sometimes yeah. uh, it's just like the general area they have similar skins but you but there's some variation to it but it's not like some games where you could fully customize yeah. your uh, civilizations. Like League of Legends where you can go into the extreme. So just focusing on this part, how much work is it to uh, produce a skin uh, for something? Like kind of extrapolating. And as you already mentioned, it, even skins can break the code. I didn't realize well, that. It, I thought it they depends. were. It, it can, uh, if oh, okay. if somehow it's you know, uh, for instance, I don't know if it updates the collision model or something. But uh, most likely skins will not mm. do that. Uh, I'm just saying, some games okay. are exceptions to that rule and uh, effectively you know change things. Like if you add a new race, for instance, it can be in Baldur's Gate. Uh, just an example, taking Baldur's Gate. If they add, I don't know, Aarakocra, you know, and they, it's kind of a skin because it just adds more cosmetics I, I know it will add racial bonuses and stuff like that mm -hmm. uh, but we you could you could technically call it a skin even though it's it's um it's it's just content but um that will add a new collision model and the new collision model might cause some bugs who knows uh maybe the wings clip mm -hmm. through something and they get stuck um but it, it really depends on how you um Define skins. If it's purely cosmetic, most likely it won't break anything. Even then, no. Yeah. Is it a lot of work to make a, a skin? Um, well, that's a big open-ended question. It, it really depends. Like a, okay. a couple of friends of mine are, are making skins for Fortnite, and uh, uh, you know, is it a lot? Is it a lot of work? Um, it depends on the game. Uh, that's that's a big yeah. thing. Like a skin in Fortnite. Uh, has to go through a lot of iterations and has to be approved by all you know uh, by all the, the departments of like that it's a big game it's a big company mm. uh, for age of empires i don't know if the dev teams themselves make it if, if they do it externally if it's the dev teams themselves are they working under an art director or not uh, is it a high focus mm. is it is it is it not uh, how many units are there that's, that's going to be a that big factor in how long it takes but i don't know i, I think in our community, we're really, really focused on readability of the game as well. Yeah, the competitive aspect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that and makes sense. For the competitiveness, that it should have a fair chance. I think that's also a big thing. Like if uh, new skins or customizable skins would in any way interfere with your fair chances of winning, people would rage yeah, pay that to they're win. being sold mm -hmm. or being, uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, play to win. Yeah, I, I got it. And that aspect, it's a, a lot of work in general because of that mm -hmm. overhead. Because you have to make the skin, you know, you're the artist, you want to make something fancy, I guess. Put it in the game, let it be tested by the test audience. And I don't know if it's going to be QA or if Age of Empires has experimental branches or, you know, beta branches. I don't know if how they work. Um, but let it be tested and then, you know, feedback comes back and goes like, okay, this thing... It's just you know better strategically because of how it looks change it and they have to go through iterations and iterations mm. if, if that's mm. a long process then the answer is yes it takes a long time mm. to make a skin if you can just go like oh you know you're an artist make some flower girls flower girl skin you know uh, <laughs> and do what you want 
if, if you give free reign and don't care about the consequences, mm. I, it's usually pretty fast. You know, you can have teams of artists just go haywire on make some mecha warrior skins for fun and giggles. Uh, but I assume <laughs> they're not doing that, and they really, you know, they're caring about uh, what players think of the skins. So I guess the answer is yes. It's going to take a while. Just you know, the process alone of going back and forth on readability. Mm. Yeah. Is it pain? Um, I think that were, those were the prepared questions we thought of, right? We thought like yeah. the game development. We really think it. it we don't really know. Um, we have some quick fire questions prepared from ourselves. Mm -hmm. There's also some community questions which are more um, like game based and not necessarily development um, based. Um, I'll answer maybe we'll them do the fully. quick fires first. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. I'll just <laughs> give. Give me some yeah. some game terms I can some lingo that I can throw out and go like. All right, I'll start with from Gundam Bro. I'll um Gundam Bro uh, Gundam Bro. I'm sorry. Uh, he said he thinks the castle drop is too imbalanced in the current uh, game strategy, um, and he thinks it should be changed. Uh, either the hit points or uh, making it more vulnerable to units or rams. Uh, um, because he thinks you either have three responses to a castle drop, that means that someone builds a castle quite close to your base resources uh, and that way denies an entire area. He says you either have to hurry up and make your own castle, uh, so you could petard it, go up to the next stage, the final age, Imperial Age, where you could build a trebuchet or a bombard cannon, so you can, from a, from a uh, safe range, take oh. it out. Or um, oh, build a siege workshop. One. Or build a siege workshop and ram it down. Yeah, those were his um, what he sees as the reaction to it. So, um, all right, there's, there's yeah, then he references yeah, a game. Yeah. There's there's no way I can answer these uh, in depth questions. <laughs> so I'll, I'll definitely leave that to to y'all. <laughs> the only note the only note I'll make is uh, having uh, a lower amount of options to combat something is not necessarily bad if the options are very good, like rock paper scissors, you know. Uh, that mm. said, I have no idea what you're talking about, so I'll leave it to you guys. <laughs> All right. Uh, maybe I'll make a suggestion, Curse, and then you can t mm -hmm. completely tear sure. it down. I think the main issue here is, in, first of all, I think there's a, a viable aspect to this question, which I also want to go into. But first, I want to say, like, there's a third option, and that's not to react get to the good. castle. Like, oh, no, also deny, <laughs> get good and deny it. Yeah, but usually... Um, if you ask these questions, it's because there are situations where you just cannot stop it, mm -hmm. it happens. And then I would say, of course, it can't happen on every map like Arena, but if you just don't respond to the castle, um, might even be the best option because making your own castle quickly petards, like it sounds really, really expensive, exactly as he said. It uh, drains mm -hmm. your eco. Um, so is that area really, really that important? And if it was, you should have protected it probably. But yeah, um, you can't always uh, prepare yourself for everything. Um, now, Kirst, what's your insight? Uh, it, it, yeah, it's true that you can ignore the castle drop, mm -hmm. but I feel if you do that too much, then you're just going to get castle dropped again true. and again, you know, even yeah. though you move. So I do think you should stand up and defend yourself. Yeah. Um, it's true that at the beginning, I also used to go for the first option, the ramming mm -hmm. approach. 
But lately, people they know what they're doing and they they go for the mangonel and the fence or fills, and you ha- you get the fills are there. They fills, build a castle. No, no, but you build first your castle in range mm-hmm. so that they yeah. shoot each other, and then you ram it. Mm-hmm. But even then, nowadays that really doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. So I think only the third option is viable, which is the Imperial Project, Age yeah. Uh, race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's a great thing to have because you know. This is a race. Everything needs to be focused on getting to the imp mm-hmm. as soon as possible, getting those trebs out, protecting them, and, sh- and, and yeah. doing the winning the treb war. And the funny thing is that often you're in this mini like game within a game with you and this opponent, and the rest of the the, the players are just completely outperforming you both. <laughs> but it doesn't matter because you're just gonna drag him down yeah. with you. And I think that's a great mini game to have sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like the castle drops in the game and it's true. You can't really fully ignore it, but I just mean you don't have to rush your reaction to it. Um, but I also think like the rams in general, but that might be more about the rams than they're mm. about the castle. I feel like rams are still not the most viable unit for what they're intended. And maybe that's also a reason mm. why responding with rams isn't as effective as you would have would hope it to be. Um, well, you could combine two and th- and one mm-hmm. uh, add some, your pitards in the ram. This could be a, but that's, this could be a solution. Yeah, it could be, <laughs> but then your opponent is an imp if you've made pitards and rams. <laughs> anyway. Okay, thanks, Gundam bro. That's an interesting question. Yeah. Um, then there was also a question from Shermac. And um, he wanted to introduce the sift drafting to the ranked mode. So the ranked mode where you pick your map and then usually you pick your sieve or you go random sieve. Um, he wanted to introduce the sieve drafting which we have in tournaments where players can ba- um, ban civilizations, pick civilizations and in that way like through an entire system come to the sieve they will play uh, in the map. Um, Judah, what's yeah. your opinion? Yeah. Um. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if there's 50 civilizations, I feel a draft pick is is, uh, is 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 overkill. But I guess they do it in League of Legends too, and they have like a roster of what 100 champions or something. Um, just yeah, for rank mode. Just for rank, yeah, of course, yeah. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. In a way, what what always you know the reason why they they had these you know these draft picks is because there's an unbalance in the force uh, that there's like one civilization that always needs banning i don't know if that's the case for age of empires uh, if not i mean depends on the map oh i see okay mm. um <coughs> usually not yeah i mean yeah in that case i would say uh, if there's a clear <laughs> advantage to be made uh, draft picking you know, civilizations is not a bad thing it's pretty yeah uh, mm-hmm. no but I, I do think, like you said, it would be way too long it's if overkill. it's for a single yeah. game. So for those tournament games, it's also multiple yeah. games that are played. It's for maybe the different sets. maps. Yeah. So I think it could be an interesting thing if you conclude this concept, maybe not even on ranked, but like I could challenge Pen to a 10, 10 map face off, mm-hmm. whatever, where we do a civ draft, like in the game. Because mm-hmm. at the moment, you use external software mm-hmm. to do these kind of things. So and that it is true that there are solutions if you want to do that, mm-hmm. and I think the people that want to do that are too small a percentage to include it in the game. So I feel that while it's cool, Shermac, it's already possible to do it, and I don't think, as we said before, they're going to use their their um, uh, development time to add something that mm-hmm. a few people want. You know? Yeah. 
Okay. And then uh, Jack Bentley also asked a question. Um, he asked, um, he wanted the ability um, added to the game to build moats as a defender and bridges as an attacker, meaning you can, <laughs> like, water is not traversable in Age of Empires 2, and that you could actually construct uh, areas of water and then the attacker could build a bridge, which building a bridge is something... <laughs> Like, for me, a very nostalgic cool. thing, which wasn't in the game, but then scenarios had bridges, so... Uh, but um, if you would, like, away from the gameplay balance, how easy would it be to um, add these things to games, like terrain areas? Judah, do you have an yeah, idea? Yeah, they're, they're, they're not going to do yeah. that. I mean, it's it's possible. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Just just like you know, my, uh, my lead coder would say, everything's possible. It's just mm -hmm. the... The ramifications of doing that alone, just thinking that most likely the grid nodes, I don't know if they're using grid for pathfinding, but if they're, you know, yeah. generating, generating yes, grid yes, nodes yes. at the start of the game, you know, keeping, keeping it there, having to build bridges will have, you know, you'll either regenerate pathing or have to regenerate the grid nodes. It's just gonna, it's, it's not gonna be a good thing for competitive play to, that they have to so much resources in making that run smoothly and it's not gonna add that much more in depth to gameplay i would say so the chance that they're doing it is you know 0.5 percent maybe <laughs> i think less even i do think it would just make it even worse so those people that hide in the corners yeah. <laughs> and build their little impassable fortress they're just gonna have fun building x amount of moats yeah. And if you need to bring villages there to build a bridge, it's going to be impossible. So, no thank you. <laughs> I don't want to do it. It does seem like a fun scenario thing, though, I feel. But in a competitive, mm. um, yeah, I've, I'm not sure how it would work. And also to troll your allies. Oh, yeah. To build moats <laughs> on the roads and things they yeah, don't Yeah, but want. then again, we already have walls in this game and it happens, you know, that at the start of a game, your ally protects your GC by building walls around it. Or... Or use mongonels to destroy their allies TC, right, Ben? Yeah. <laughs> One time. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> so those were the audience questions. Yeah. Uh, thanks very much for anybody who mm -hmm. sent them in. And we still have a couple of quick fires from Penn. Yeah. Um, first one is um, rank mode. A bigger map pool should be introduced. We should have more freedom to pick maps and bans. I feel like that's a hot topic in the community in general mm -hmm. at this time. Um, maybe the time is is uh now, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, what do you uh, think? Add a voice channel. Oh, sorry, I I thought you what? want to go over them. Uh, yeah, I'll just go over them. Uh, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah. We already discussed no, no, this. Yeah, in the, it's, it yeah. doesn't need to be fully uh, discussed. If if our audience wants to add something to this, um, you know the Discord, you can add in our uh, in our appropriate uh, channel. Um, then the second one is. Um, how, why not implement the third-party features? You've already said it, Kirst, that there's like, uh, mm -hmm. wh what third-party feature was Save it? Drafting. Save drafting. which is a certain site. We also have a site, awe2.net, which gives the statistics and the, the match results and, and even, um, the, what was it, AOE Insights, which has like the really um, build orders of the games even, like all these things. There are third parties that do this. The AOE2 companion also keeps these things. So, um, these things exist, they are made by the community, a lot of time goes into it. Could those be implemented in-game that you don't... Uh, Wait, yeah? I just want to I want to explain this yeah. to, to Judah because yeah. this is so ridiculous. <laughs> so imagine this, Judah. 
the uh, elo so your level your yeah, rank yeah. is uh, determined how much you play ranked mode of course so sometimes yeah. you see someone they, you see how high their elo is you're like oh this guy is going to be a really good player but there's a big percentage of people that never play ranked and they could be insanely good and you would not see it within the official client mm -hmm. like you would see this guy he would have he would appear to be someone who has never played yeah. age vampires before but actually he's like one of the top maybe 500 players and only through these external things you can actually see his unranked rating rating yeah. which could be ridiculously high but you would never see it within the, the game itself which is <laughs> so weird uh, yeah, uh, it, it's 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 data that they have, yeah. right? Because I assume this companion you're talking about mm -hmm. is just extracting. Yeah. From, yeah. Um, well, I mean, they might they might change that one day, uh, or it could be a tactic, you know, uh, to to allow people to have smurf accounts. I guess, <laughs> kind of. Mm. Uh, yeah, there's some, uh, there was some debate well. about smurfing mm -hmm. this uh, this recent month in the community, actually. Yeah. So. There's actually some of the pros that have how many? Like six accounts? MBL the top 20, has it. The top uh, yeah. 50 or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, that, that's not... That's, that's not smurfing, that's, I know. Uh, but still... No, 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 it is, it is. I mean, it starts out yeah. that way, I guess. Uh, but um, it's not a... I mean, that's a good thing for the developers, considering I assume they have to buy six copies of the game, uh, or I don't know how that it's works, but I, I, I assume it's linked to your Steam account. No. Then if you have, uh, I guess if you have Steam Family, isn't that like the hosts account uh, games apply to all other um, uh, users? I'm not sure. That's true. I guess you could maybe do family yeah. sharing. Well, in that yeah. aspect, and then not, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, just a, a quick note though, like companions and third-party software is... Those are standalone mm -hmm. you know, systems that don't actually interact with the game's code. Adding it to the game itself even as a standalone system is a, just a, a tad more complex mm. but there's there's no i don't have a clear answer to why they're not adding into the game maybe they have it in their pipeline maybe have it you know their their roadmap mm. uh, maybe they don't uh, it, it really depends on what's priority and how many uh, how much impact's actually going to have mm -hmm. the, the amount of work you have to put in mm. Just displaying unranked Halo doesn't seem that hard unless you have to change to UI, I guess, and everybody hates UI, so... <laughs> I'm actually really happy that we have you on yeah. uh, as a guest, uh, Judah, because me and Penn would have been yeah. so unreasonable yeah. in our demands. And I feel and like we'd now also we've be been... like, why do they do this? They do all these things, and they don't just add these simple things Why would our game would be yeah. so much better, and then it's all... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. and now it's great because now we see the, the pain and suffering yeah. everything is as game yeah. designers yeah yeah there's 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 always the aspect as well of um however unfortunate it is is that sometimes uh, players of, of games uh, have their frustrations with them or like why is this not in there and usually without question you can assume that the developers who have been working on this game for years and possibly playing it often to playtest it will most likely also have come across this issue and then usually it also means they've tried to look for a solution which takes some time you know you have to to start implementing something or looking at it uh, from a different perspective and usually they come across a wall or like oh right this is why or or i haven't thought of it this way and that realization 
is only obtained by actually putting in the work and, and seeing uh, what steps mm -hmm. it takes. So yeah, that's always this, 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 yeah. There's this, yeah, it's an annoyance, right? Because there, there's players who are like, why? It seems mm -hmm. simple. It's sometimes simple <laughs> isn't simple and sometimes hard things are hard. It's just how it is. Uh, I mean, yeah. us players of Age of Empires would know that most of all, like our game seems simple, but you can keep improving uh, <laughs> your skills. So. Or not. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a simple game. I just, uh, I would never want to develop Age of Empires and at all like there's no way you the 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 amount of hell you'd probably have to go through to balance that game and the amount of because it's so intricate right yeah you, mm -hmm. you have to think of high level play but you can't take into account because if you're basing the balance on one percent of players <laughs> you're not not doing the fans yeah. a service uh, but then those people, you know, those you know, amb ambassadors, I would say, of the game that are like so passionate about it, are like, oh, this is totally not balanced. Why aren't they fixing this? But you know, they, ha you know, the, the developers have to take into account the voice of all the players, not not different different subsections. And yeah, it could Wait, have, cause friction. I have a easily. great anecdote for this, Gida. Yeah. So, of course, people watch the best civs in each bracket in the Elo. So for certain level of players, and there is one civ in particular, yeah. the Chinese, <laughs> that literally is the worst civ that you can play as a beginner and even as an intermediate player. Up to eighteen hundred or something. Yeah, yeah, and then you go to the higher levels, and it's one of the best. And they recently tried to make it a little bit more homogeneous by changing something about it, and they put it up in the beta uh, world uh, version, and people hated it so much that they didn't put it in the full version, so it stayed the same more or less. So it just shows you yeah. that people indeed are very passionate about these things, and it's very difficult mm -hmm. to balance. But I think we've kind of accepted that not every Civ is balanced in every matchup or in every ELO, and it's kind of what it is yeah. now. I don't know. That's impossible, yeah. regardless. Mm -hmm. it, it's just, yeah, that's not a, that's not possible. You can't, you can't have the perfect balance. There's no, there's no game out there. Okay, wait, shit, shit, chess probably. And there's no, no game out there that's fully balanced. I guess, yeah, maybe chess, you know. Yeah, maybe, actually. Um, yeah. actually, no. Maybe, maybe actually, so that's uh, uh, imbalance yeah, from true. the start. Think, yeah, yeah, I do think it gives you a percentage yeah. point. Yeah, no, the yeah, yeah. Start, white I has think. an advantage statistically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah. I think it's yeah. even a big percentage. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, the same for Magic the Gathering. If you uh, if you start, you have a, a, an insanely higher percentage yeah. of chance. But some win. games try to add, uh, change that, like the coin they give in Hearthstone or stuff like that. But yeah, mm. indeed, it's impossible not to get it perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's no perfect balance. Like perfect, perfect, perfect. Yeah, that's a pipe <laughs> dream. And even if Let's be honest here. If even if you have the perfectly balanced game, it's only going to be balanced for one subset of players, like you know, professional mm. or intermediate. <laughs> Those people play on such a different level. If you're playing Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, right? Mm -hmm. The difference in just the little, the little things uh, between professional play and and mid-level play are, you know. Ten thousand hours of skill and work, and it, it's yeah. You can't balance mm -hmm. that. There's no way. So you have to just you know take into account the game is imbalanced and roll with <laughs> the punches. Play little Mac and Smash and see see what you can do with it.
Okay, I, I think that's a great point to end it, yeah. uh, our discussion. Uh, I, I just uh, want to really thank you, Gina, for coming on in this ho uh, hostile environment. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm no. really joking. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get death threats. <laughs> no, <laughs> well, send them to Pen like the like usual guys. Yeah. Uh, leave Judah yeah. alone. Uh, well, I was gonna say it's been a treat not to be here alone with Cursed for for one time. It's uh, yeah. I understand that. I do understand that. Like I, I fully, oh whoa whoa, I fully no teamwork. Huh? <laughs> Time to break it up. Uh, we're redirecting the hostility towards curse now so uh, <laughs> well uh, we'll we'll invite you once to community game uh, you know, if you want to feel the love uh. mm -hmm. <laughs> i have played age of empires against people who have put hours and hours into the game and i will never understand I, there's just some like some friends uh, i have also have that there's this this joy in beating beating noobs <laughs> noob stomping i guess and I don't have that, so um, yeah, uh, you can you can you can go ahead and noob stomp me. I'll, 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 I have I'll the still issue. enjoy myself. So uh, yeah. really, I've played with friends of mine, which I introduced to Age of Empires, and there's so much. Like once I started like playing, like oh, I'm at this pop, I need to click this age, I need to, roll, and I can make my knights. You know, we have like a flow of how we play, which is mm -hmm. a bit more competitive or to our level, and I can turn it off. And I knew I'm I'm like these friends are not really into Hitch Vampires. I say, oh, let's play a game. And I can't stop myself from I know I'm I'm ruining their experiences and they will not play with me again. And I've done it anyway. And afterwards I thought like, oh, what have I done now? And it's like <laughs> they could have been introduced yeah. to a nice game to share and I ruined it. Yeah. <laughs> like you're a horrible person. But I, I I just get the joy of noob stomping when I play pen, and that's enough for me. Uh, <laughs> Oh. Oh, oh, it's sad because mind. it's true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, thanks again, and yeah. um, stay tuned for okay. the Civ. Thanks for having yeah, me. No worries. Um, maybe recurring? No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> stay tuned for. <laughs> stay tuned for the. Always available. Marvel. Go ahead. Stay, stay tuned, tuned again. Sorry, I, I keep interrupting yeah. the stay tuned. Stay tuned. Wait, one more. Time. Just stay tuned. Stay tuned <laughs> for the civilization <laughs> of the month. <laughs> now uh, I stole it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Serves you right. Recording. You guys having too much fun. Bye-bye. <laughs> Civilization of the month. Uncivilized. Welcome back, listener, to the Civilization of the Month, the final segment of our podcast. After all this discussion and conversation about the future of our game, what to add, what to change, for this segment, we will look at one of the established civilizations that have been with us for a long, long time and compare their Age of Empires 2 tech tree to the actually actual history of that particular civilization and i'm talking about the byzantines Ooh, my favorite civ yes you um quite like them with their cheap trash mm -hmm. right 
Wait, you didn't really mention why we chose the Byzantines. We like to link it to the main topic. Yeah. So as we thought about it, we were going to go for the one that has the longest amount of changes in the mm-hmm. different expansions. Mm-hmm. So I did a very scientific uh, job of opening all the sieves on the AO2 uh, fan page and kind yeah. of eyeballing the length of the <laughs> changes. <laughs> of all the changes. Yes, and Byzantine's it was really long. So I think this one is yeah. pretty, pretty long. Okay. For, since how they were released and how they are now, you mean? Yeah, yeah. They had like the most amount of changes based on yeah. a very scientific and accurate method. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you're the one who works uh, <laughs> for universal, yes. um, universal studies. I was going to say, but that's not the word. Um, <laughs> I studied the, you studied <laughs> universal, the, the movie. Yeah. The movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you're the scientist, so uh, Mr. Scientist, I will believe that your um, your methods are solid. Yeah, the p-value um, is is decent. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so about the Byzantines, um, the Byzantines, the Byzantine Empire, Byzantine civilization, um, is actually a name that was given to this civilization after it's already ended. So oh. after the fall of the Byzantine Empire, at the time, they just considered themselves to be the Roman Empire. Um, basically, the Byzantines is after the fall of what we consider the ancient Roman hem- Empire, the emperor, his administration, all these, uh, are basically all the power around it, they fled to the eastern side of their empire and Emperor Constantine settled in Byzantium. So that's where the name Byzantine's empire comes from and he renamed the city Constantinople. Mm. So his city, his seat of power. So and he, Yeah, that's what they do, these emperors. Um, but he ruled there as emperor of the Roman Empire and basically his empire stood for another uh, thousand years, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So to it's, it's only after in the Renaissance when they were really um, uh, valuing the ancient Roman culture again that they wanted to distinguish it with the more recent cultures that so that's why Byzant- Byzantine Empire was was um, used for the first time, um, but it's more to m- have a good distinguishment between the two. But actually, the Byzantine is the um, how do you say the continuing um, of the Rome. Roman Empire, yeah, throughout the Middle Ages, yeah. So, um, being the Roman Empire, basically, what is um, you can expect some uh, some high quality technologies mm. and advancement in their civilization, in their architecture, uh, basically all around. And if it was a completely accurate tech tree, Byzantines would basically have almost all the techs, um, they have especially university techs. Yeah, they have a fair amount. And they also have like a lot of options. I just wanted to remark that it's interesting thinking of it like that as a continuation mm-hmm. because that means that indeed a lot of the the skills and the techniques and the knowledge wasn't lost as we often yeah. remark that we had it's, these dark ages where we lost a lot of knowledge, let's say. 
mm-hmm. to be rediscovered. Well, but uh, yeah, it's true for like the Western side mm-hmm. of the Roman Empire. They basically there it all collapsed. But it's like weird to think like that's something I I thought of as a kid. Like how is it possible that they have um, sewage that they mm-hmm. have like all this technology and then suddenly it's all gone because of invasions of the Visigoths. Uh, that that suddenly everyone thumbs down or whatever, but it's basically they just moved, and they also it's the Byzantines have inspired the Islamic um, uh, advancement as mm-hmm. well. So it's it's all far more natural than we often think of it in our uh, looking back. Um, mm-hmm. Still, there is some decline, um, but I'll go over that one. I'm. Uh, Going over to Sif. Also, uh, I can answer your child uh, question, your childlike mm-hmm. question. Yeah. It's because the Visigoths, they hated uh, plumbing and sewers. <laughs> so they would raid your town just to destroy the sewers. You know, They would leave, <laughs> the yeah. leave everything untouched, but the sewers would be destroyed. You know? it's, <laughs> it's a known fact. Don't yeah. look it up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Again, you're the, the scientist here. <laughs> so we trust you. Yeah. <laughs> Blindly, you should always blindly trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the first things, as I've said, um, is that the Byzantines, it's the Romans, you know, they have these arches in their buildings, they have um, architects, they, their architecture is quite rich. Also in, in Constantinople, they had like the Hagia Sophia, those buildings that are uh, amazing uh, considering the time, like in the height and in the the way they could could have like um, curves in their buildings. Mm. So part of that um, advancement, let's say, I think is represented in the fact that they, all their buildings have more HP. Mm. And it, the further you go down the ages, the more it becomes. Um, you could also link that to the city of Constantinople itself, which was uh, throughout history... Uh, quite uh, well at fighting off sieges mm. until they weren't <laughs> um, but <laughs> uh, no but I think that's mostly related to their architecture um, and that's why they have more hit points on their buildings They're just good good builders like solid construction yeah. mm-hmm. um, then one thing is the um, the Byzantines your favorite bonus I would say is that they have cheap trash, mainly uh, their skirms and spearmen are cheaper, but also their camel riders, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's a bonus you really, really enjoy. <laughs> yeah, because you and keep I've playing uh... Lithuanians <laughs> against me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been a while, but um, yeah. Uh, and I thought about what might be the cause of this, because at first the Roman army consisted of legionaries and legions, and then throughout history it changed a bit, and they... Um, had more independent armies, the Temata, it was called, starting in the 7th century, which was basically, um, I will say, it's teams, but let's say province, because that's uh, a certain region has a military leader, has its own independent army to it, and very uh, much individual freedom for their military to make moves, to make, like... um, To to choose the color for the color-coded armor, or...? (laughs) <laughs> yes I'm going to say but mostly to make decisions on the battlefield also it's a big empire so probably this is a necessity um, but throughout history they started off with a very very professional army 
but during the later stages of the Middle Ages, they um, they more relied more and more on mercenary armies, mm. and I feel that might be the reason that. Like, if you think about Byzantines in the Age of Empires, I think more in the later Middle Ages, um, the fall of the empire, when they were against the Turks, uh, at that point, their army, their empire had already um, shrinked down um, immensely, and their army consisted mostly out of mercenaries. Mm. And I feel like maybe that's why they're cheaper, because they had an army that consisted of so many um loosely contracted armies fighting for them it's easy to to get new to field new military mm. like this so they, they they could easily purchase some cheap trash units uh even mm-hmm. though maybe let's not call them <laughs> cheap trash <laughs> <laughs> no, well, camels aren't yeah <laughs> But I feel like that's because otherwise their army would be more legionaries or or like the the Greek um, um, the elite soldiers uh, infantry, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's more historically accurate. But then I feel like this is just the the cannon fodder of of Age Vampires too, and they have lots of it. Yeah, and uh, I love spamming can them, afford it. especially in feudal age. The spearman <laughs> rush, spearman yeah, yeah. skirm rush is underrated. Yeah, on a on an intermediate level, it's it's you don't expect it, and it's it's you have to react to it, but you don't want to, you know. <laughs> it's like I want to ignore ignore these these. They don't do damage. But then but suddenly still... they they add up, you know. Yeah, but it's not so easy to counter them, eh? because anyway, now we're going to the strategy. Yeah, but yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. You have I once had an opponent go full mana arms. That was pretty effective. Yeah, yeah, that's effective, but then that's quite the investment mm-hmm. to make, yes. and you don't want to do that. But yeah, uh, I feel like for a pro, they would say like, "What? <laughs> How can you struggle against spearmen?" But yeah, for me, it can. Be yeah, they're tough. annoying. But okay, so they get the cheap, the cheap conscript army, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. representing the later stages of their their empire. Yeah. Okay. I think so. Um, and then another thing, the Byzantine Empire, well, Constantinople, the city was um, at the... the Heart? I was going to say Narrow Sea, uh, but that's uh, yeah. Game of Thrones. Uh, the Mediterranean, mm-hmm. uh, at, a, at the heart of their empire, but also they had quite the impressive fleet. Uh, in the latest editions, they've added Dromons also to their tech tree. And basically they were... I think one of the only or the only civilization in history to have fire ships. Mm. So, um, well, in Age of Empires, it just balance-wise, everyone has fire ships, but their ones fire 25% faster. And I think that that's just basically because it's their units historically. Yeah. Um, and they had quite the impressive uh, naval uh, power. They had the secret, the no? The Greek fire, oh. the recipe. Yeah, the Greek fire. Well, yeah, if you think of where Constantinople is, it's like quite close to to uh, Turkey. Mm-hmm. Current day Turkey, probably. Yeah, but it's, it it's is. current day Turkey. Is so it's, yeah, yeah. So yeah, but then it's the it's very western. Yeah, yeah it's side, the western you know? edge of Turkey. Yeah, I'm going to check on Istanbul. Yeah, it's quite at what we would assume if you don't look at the the borders of the country. What I would assume the border is, that's exactly where it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, I had a question about that though. Like, mm-hmm. I wonder how many times this fire ship and this Greek fire was really used in battle, and is it more something mm-hmm. that's like 
they use it to demonstrate a couple of times and it's more the fear of this horrible like nobody you know as a as a sailor mm-hmm. you really don't want your boat to catch fire so it's like this mm-hmm. fear that was really powerful also as deterrent or was it really something that was r- routinely used in every naval battle it it was routinely used but basically especially during sieges constantinople has like the the river going mm-hmm. through it or the is it a river if it's connected to seas probably not it's a strait yeah strait or yeah um but then um dividing the city in two and they could seal it off with a chain to block off uh enemy ships Wait, I've seen that and i feel somewhere. like in yeah it's not from yeah. Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah, also, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In Game of Thrones, they do it as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's basically historically um, a thing from the medieval defense of the city. But then in a strait like this, uh, fire ships are quite effective. But I'm mm. not an expert on medieval naval combat. Um, from what I know, their ships were quite solid. But I don't know how many they were used or how, yeah. But you do know about Age of Empires, right? If you yeah. have, if you can't micro the galleys in a narrow yeah, yeah. It's easier. region, the fire ships are very strong. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So that's probably where they were most effective. But I don't know in other naval battles. Probably they at least had them. Uh, hmm. Yeah. But I also don't think naval battles in medieval times were as. Um, naval. No, they were more transport ships, yeah. right? And then I think they would just fight each other. On the top of but the ships, no. <laughs> that's maybe a very European centric view, though. Yeah. No, because we think yeah. too much about you know all our petty wars, but mm-hmm. there were still a lot of other parts of the world where they did have you know, mm-hmm. like even remember the previous episode yeah. where the Vietnamese destroyed the mm-hmm. Mongol fleet, like. Mm-hmm. Asian naval battles were far more impressive, I think, than the the ones yeah. we had here. And then for us, it was mostly transport. And then for the Vikings, yeah, it's completely... I feel like there's so much difference on the naval advancements in those times. Mm-hmm. But at least the Byzantines had fire ships. I don't know if they this conversation was... Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where was I going? So, and their fire ships are faster. Then also for them, advancing to the Imperial Age is notoriously cheaper, 33% cheaper. Such a sweet bonus. This is, um, I feel like that's just a representation of their advancement. They were um, basically the Mm. Roman Empire, very advanced in comparison to all the other civilizations around them. And that's probably why I feel they can get there earlier, just because they were... Like they were earlier an imp Mm -hmm. compared to the rest. yeah. Oh, I feel like yeah, that's that's a good one. That one, and then the final civilization bonus, individual civilization bonus, is that they get town watch and town patrol for free. Okay. And at first, I wasn't sure like where could this from f- come from, but then I thought, oh, it's probably because of their beacon system, Ooh. which is um they had like uh, their empire is is uh, uh, on the Mediterranean, right? And they had a system of communication at the shoreline where using beacons, they could send signals to the the capital of Constantinople, notifying them of attacks and of uh, uh, advancements. Was it like kind of lighthouses or? Uh, Yeah, basically like the, um, the, the, like you would sing in the, uh, in the, the Lord of the Rings, 
Ah, the Beacons of Gondor, it. yeah. The Where Beacons they, are lit. Yeah, yeah, that system. Just let you know mm. there's enemies, yeah. But that's one of the fastest way to communicate uh, over a vast area to notify the the central government of an attack. So I think that might be the reason why they have Town Watch and Town Patrol. That they yeah, had such a, an alarm signal. It is more believable because it was on the coastline, right? Mm-hmm. Because in Lord of the Rings, who is manning those those <laughs> outposts in the middle of those mountains? Have you seen yeah, them? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's staying there all, all year round. It's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> it's an important job. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. freezing. Yeah. And how do you get there? Anyway, the eagles, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, so they have a cool uh, beacon, beacon system. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's the reason why they have more vision. Uh, in Age of Empires 2. That's an awesome bonus as um, well. I, I yeah. love it. And the final bonus is their team bonus, um, which is that monks heal 100% faster. In my opinion, Age of Empires wise, not too awesome. Uh, well, we didn't rate it. We didn't rate it very high. No, no, no we rated it as <laughs> as bad. Um, <laughs> I, but we talked about it. I think it's, or we think it's because of their medicine. The Byzantines, well, they had very advanced medicine, building on the experience of the the Romans as well, and their um, med- the the maintenance of their hospitals was um, very tightly linked to Christianity. So um, many of the hospitals were built and maintained by bishops. And so just the way um, units heal in Mm. Age of Empires, it's logical that healing by monks is a bit uh, better for them. Yeah, that's basically their tech tree. There's a lot to say about Byzantines because their empire is like a thousand. (laughs) It's, It's almost, or it is a thousand years. So there's a lot of history there. Um... I will and oh no, I forgot one thing. I was just their gonna, unique units. I was literally sitting here with my, and their unique text. My hand raised, but as you didn't notice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So that's their main bonuses, but they also have unique technologies and a unique unit. I'll Ooh. start with the unique units. The cataphract. Cataphract. Yeah. So basically, it's a heavy cavalry that um is very good against infantry and also against camels. Really? Yeah, oh. I've just read it here on. Uh, I I also didn't know. <laughs> I was just reading. Camel? I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know they were good as well. I, oh. It's in my research. I figured it out, and I was like, "Hmm, never knew this one." Easy. Um, yeah, but um, basically, the cataphract, a very strong, unique unit. Um, they also have the unique technology logistica, which gives them trample damage, which makes them really nice, mm-hmm. especially against halps. Um, which is like you feel like it's a natural counter against uh, cavalry, but then suddenly your helps melt mm-hmm. to the <laughs> to the cataphract. Um, and you you were curious about where they came from, right? The cataphract, yeah. or what was their origin? Is it like similar to the unique unit of the Romans, like this? Uh, mm-hmm. How do you call them? Um, Legionnaires? Or, yeah, the one uh, on the horse. Yeah, is it similar? Uh, uh, no, Cataphract basically in Age of Empires 1 you have them as well and they're not that unique or that unique to the Byzantines oh. but Cataphracts basically were heavy cavalry armed with a lance 
and a shield that charged and that were um basically they have one charge they charge again that's how they fight okay. and they were very good against infantry but um they are an ancient they that's a heavy cavalry unit that has existed since the time of the greeks uh, the macedonians and alexander the great uh, the romans so it's not that unique okay. it's just a thing that um they have something that ref references the old times while in the medieval times uh, uh the night the night line is basically the same concept mm. um but then in in a more so, later so they have like and probably vintage inspired, nights, yeah. basically yeah that's what they have. They have vintage knights that are really good against infantry. So they don't. Yeah. They lack maybe all the chivalry and all the oats and all the other stuff that comes with knights. <laughs> yeah, true. And then in Age of Empires One, the cataphract is actually the final stage of the the horse line. Oh, this is the paladin of AOE One. Yeah, the paladin of AOD, AOE One. Oh. So that's fun that they have the paladin of AOE One as a unique unit. It's a good nod to their and old roots, no? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if you think about it, if we already had Byzantines, it's weird that they added in Romans, right? Because Romans is like the Western Roman Empire, but then the Middle East, like we were taught that medieval times started after the fall. <laughs> yeah, but it's a bit of uh, yeah. a, you know, <laughs> yeah. fan, fan, uh, yeah. pleasing fan pleasing thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, final thing I didn't mention is that the unique technology of Greek fire which is uh, the Coslage unique tech for Byzantines, gives fire ships plus one range. Oh. Uh, and now in later, um, in the latest installment, Dromons get extra blast radius and bomber towers as well. Is, is that actually good? So, yeah. I mean, just from the gaming... The blast radius or the extra, the extra range, range of the fire, of fire ships? I think it's good against clumping. Mm, yeah. Um, in, and that's a nice thing. One extra range. Oh, I don't feel like if you have water control and you want to attack the land, that one extra range won't make that much a difference. But in uh, against clumping, I feel like it's easier to find a target, and that's. Yeah. I just I, I don't think I've ever really like researched this deck or planned around it. You know. What I mean? mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not too expensive. Hmm. Uh, I can try it. I, I I rarely build bomber cannons in general. Uh, bomber cannons, bomber towers in general. And actually, oh yeah, for the bomber towers, I wouldn't do I it. Know. No, I think that's like an extra thing they added. But like, what is zero point two tile blast true. radius? That's true. But for a bomber tower, yeah. But just in general, yeah. they have this tanky, these tanky bomber mm -hmm. towers, and I've noticed a lot in in Nomad, people building them mm -hmm. to solidify an area. Like, I need to do mm -hmm. it more often. Yeah. Um, yeah, towers just in general. In our community game, I um, I was Korean. Yes. <laughs> and I was so dead, but I I dropped all of our Korean keeps with all the... But um, I told you. Upsiong, is it if called? If you or whatever. built those towers in the 1900 ELO base while he was distracted, it would have been so good for yeah. us. As a... You told me <laughs> after the conclusion of the game... At that time, I just thought if I built a bunch of towers here, no one will attack Excuse me. Excuse me if I don't trust the guy who <laughs> douched me the first game. Uh, <laughs> Archer rushed me the second. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, okay, so Byzantines, uh, my favorite Civ. Yeah. So I think we've gone over them. I, the decline of the Byzantine Empire or the fall of the Byzantine Empire, do we include it here or yeah, is it? Yeah, why not? Yeah. So basically, um, 
it's the prolongation of the Roman Empire. They, as I said, over a thousand years and during the medieval times, there was always a Roman Empire, which was the Byzantines. Um, but going towards the end of the Middle Ages, they had um, they suffered a bit and their empire started to Wait, crumble. Don't tell me that they have plumbing and were, were the physicals back. <laughs> Uh, it's not the Visigoths, it's mostly infighting oh. and um, yeah, just in ambitious people fighting each other, um, which caused for some wars, then losing land, then invasions from um, the East as well and from Islamic forces. And they even had a crusade against Damn. them, which is weird to think because they were um, yeah, they, they were, were Christian. all Christians, Catholic Christians. Wait, um, Catholic or Orthodox? Um, started off Catholic, but they were also the birthing place of the Orthodox oh. uh, Christianity. Um, but started off Catholic with um, Constant. Uh, was it Constantine who said it, or later one, later emperor? I feel that said like everyone has to be Christian, and it's also um, a theocracy where they. It's the general belief that the emperor is emperor because of the will of God and is like a divine ruler. So anything you do that is against the rule of the emperor is heresy. Mm. Yeah. Um, so that's a good good belief system for good the monarch, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so very Christian. However, they were also competing economically with the kingdom of Venice, which was um, quite influential in the crusade. And one of the um, rather ambitious Byzantines decided to scheme up um, with the Crusaders and the Venetians. And he promised uh, a lot of gold uh, in return if if they would all attack Constantinople. So it's not... Isn't, yeah. isn't this the Go thing ahead. where they like... Uh, the Venetians kind of dropped them off and said, do, do, hey, the Muslims are there. And the most hey, some of them didn't even know who they were attacking or something and were surprised. Really? I, I don't know. I, I heard I, something I, like that once. I, I didn't even know, but it's, it's quite possible that some of the soldiers didn't even know that they were fighting yeah, Christians. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I heard something like that. <laughs> so, yeah. But it's rather political, the either thing, but an entire, yeah, the Crusaders were attacking um, the city and they actually this, um, succeeded in breaking in Um and after breaking in, um, yeah, they sacked the city. The king, uh, Flatter, was killed, I think was killed. And then a new king was installed, the one who was scheming with the Venetians and the Crusaders. But shortly after he, well, and he also, um, so that was actually a financial blow to the entire empire. The city was sacked. He also paid out to these mercenaries, basically. Um and then shortly after, the people revolted against their new emperor, and he also uh, had to go. Like situations like this is not good for the uh, stability mm. of your empire, mm. you know. And shortly after, Mehmed II gave the final blow to the already crumbled empire. Like it was really, really small at that time, just Constantinople and surroundings, not at all the grand empire it used to be. And then that was a famous uh, siege that lasted very long, um, where yeah the city with all the several layers of walls, the naval defense system, the chain, like all the defenses were um, active. But then uh, Mehmed um, changed the rules and used bombards, and that's how he broke Ooh. the walls eventually. 
um, and the first grand success of, of um, artillery and in a historical um, mindset, that ends the Middle Ages, that that battle, so, the fall of Constantinople. They use it to, uh, to great success in the later stages at the Ottoman Empire. If I think of them, they yeah, had a, yeah, a lot of bombers sure. and weaponry. And the technology existed, but he was the first who really, really had like an entire division for his um, artillery and, and really had success it, it with it. It did require like maths and stuff, no? To calculate the trajectories of the, mm -hmm. of the yeah. things, uh, the cannonball. Yeah, the guy who, who sold him the the bombards or, or who was like um, contracted by him for it, he went to other kingdoms as well, but no one, nobody was interested <laughs> But then um, Mehmet was, and he, he saw the oh, That the was a great selling point, I guess, for this guy, like afterwards. My mm -hmm. things broke yeah, yeah. Byzantine, the, in, the indestructible yeah. Byzantine. Catch your cannons. Mm -hmm. And a fun fact, Mehmet II, who then started uh, the Ottoman Empire, he actually didn't feel like he was destroying the Byzantines or, or ending them. He thought of himself as the new Roman Ooh. emperor, and he all who wanted to reinstall the Roman Empire, but under his rule. But I feel like a lot of people wanted to do that, and that's one of the reasons why the Byzantines eventually <laughs> <laughs> crumbled. Well, like, if... Let's not get too political, but even in more recent mm -hmm. decades, the people have been <laughs> trying to do that. So. <laughs> it never yeah. really went out of True. fashion. Yeah. But too much war uh, crumbles an empire. That's the conclusion we can draw Ooh, from uh, Maybe the we Byzantines. should remember that in our next community game. Right, Pen? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, no. Yes. Yeah, next community game. Wonder Race. Yes. Let's go. <laughs> no military. We disable all military units. <laughs> Only Vil fights. Oh, no. I pick Incas. Okay. <laughs> I pick uh, Poles. But... Mm -hmm. All right. So I think that concludes it. Yes, it does. Um, still need to do a death match Romans v Byzantines to see which was the greatest of the two. <laughs> yeah, no, I no, yeah. yeah, I think Romans might be better with the scorpions. I have no idea, but that just eat vampires uh, style. <laughs> yeah, so that that concludes our episode. Mm -hmm. I hope um, our listeners had a good time about uh, the discussion we had. Um, mm -hmm. Like, yeah, we asked for your input and we're very grateful that you mm -hmm. uh, replied. So we're going to keep doing uh, things like that in the future. Um, and yeah, and uh, yeah. We're happy to have brought in a guest this episode. Um, mm -hmm. Please let us know what you thought of that. Um, <laughs> yes, please boo him together with me. <laughs> <laughs> and make him feel, no, we can make him feel welcome, but yeah, it's not his fault. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yes. Thanks, Ben, for this yes. episode. Thank you, Kirst. Uh, and I guess I'll see you next month. Well, <laughs> for another <laughs> recording. Depends how much time we spend in Baldur's uh, Gate and not in uh, Age of mm -hmm. Empires 2. True. But <laughs> True. I spend a lot of time there instead of in Age of Empires 2. Uh, Look, I, I, I understand. It, I, I was laughed at by some people that watch my steam usage they were like mm -hmm. are you playing a jumper still because the only, the only <laughs> thing you see you play is Baldur's Gate yeah. <laughs> yeah and it's it's a, it's a studio from from Ghent from Ghent so, yeah well yeah. 
they are pretty big now already. Yeah, they have more studios, but the headquarters is here. Yeah, yeah, so, I know. Yeah. So it, it is. we have to support it and play it a lot. Yeah, yeah. and also play their previous titles. I can definitely recommend Divinity's uh, Original Sin 2. It's a very mm -hmm. good game also from their own uh, yeah. story, their own systems, very similar. Mm -hmm. But a, a great experience as well. Yeah. Well, we're not sponsored, by the way, uh, just to make sure. <laughs> we just uh, wanted to shout it out. <laughs> yeah, it does sound like we are. Uh, <laughs> also, <laughs> feel free to check out the the game of, that our guest uh, was working on, Flotsam. Mm -hmm. um, you know, still available on Steam, <laughs> but we're not sponsored. Yeah, no. We don't get 1.4 million uh, <laughs> based on our contract. But did you ask Facebook? No, uh, maybe we should contact Facebook that we only stream on Facebook, like the one community game, and then we get 1.4 mil. We stream our community games on Facebook. Yes. Yeah. It's a plan. Okay. Well, then we'll be too rich to keep making this, so perhaps we mm -hmm. won't do that right away, but we'll think Eventually. About it. Eventually. Yes. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. <laughs>